there, chatters. I'm Nat. And I'm Kat, and welcome to the Crime Chat. I am your forensic femme fatale. Natalie is your true crime addict connoisseur. We're just two normal girls who obsess about dark crimes, evil minds, and occasionally the unknown. Here's your disclaimer, chatters. The following Crime Chat contains adult content and descriptions of violence scenarios today. Your listener discretion is advised. You have been warned, and before we get into this Crime Chat, Kat, what have you done? You know, still recovering, so... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> trying to like not be so stagnant. Like I'm trying to get up, move around, and yeah. you know. And once physical therapy gets going, I'll be able to get more limber. <laughs> but we, so we've kind of been watching. We've been binge watching Brooklyn Nine Nine. Mm-hmm. Have you ever watched that? I don't think so. No, mm-hmm. it's it's adorable. It's the it's a comedy. It's got. Andy Samberg, I think, is the lead character's name. It's got Terry Crews in it. I have seen it. Yeah, it's really kooky. It's it's funny. Uh-huh. It's it's it is a laugh out loud. Like you will like make you laugh out loud kind of thing. Friday the sixteenth, like zero dark thirty. As soon as Extraction Two came out, we watched it. <laughs> you know, with um Chris Hemsworth. Is it good? Yes. It's like one long action sequence. It's phenomenal. Okay, I love him. And Idris Elba's in it. Who? Idris Elba. Who's that? Yes. Who is it? Who's that? Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, he's been in so many movies. He was the the gatekeeper in Thor. He was oh. in Suicide Squad. He was yes in. I, there's so many movies I can't think of them all. The one with Kate Winslet when the airplane crashed. He's a hot man. Yes, I know exactly who yeah. you're talking about. The minute you said gatekeeper yeah. in Thor, I'm like, oh, that dude. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess I started off with a good one then, where you're like, bing. He can be my gatekeeper anytime. <laughs> uh, so, but it was funny because we were watching it, and I'm going, I'm thinking to myself, okay, mm, Chris Hemsworth, mm, Idris Alba, interacting together in a movie, and I'm like, have they? I'm thinking mm. to myself, have they ever played in a movie together? But then I was like, Thor, yeah, they yeah. played in, a, you know, obviously he was the, I can't remember the gatekeeper character name, but he had like the whole mat, you know, uh-huh. wardrobe and everything like that. But yeah, it was a phenomenal movie. It was really, really good. And there is already going to be a Extraction 3, so. <laughs> is there really? Mm-hmm. I have to watch that. Okay, I haven't seen the first one. Oh, you have to watch the first one. Watch the first one first. Mm-hmm. Um, watch it both. Actually, when I was looking on Netflix today, Extraction 2 is the number one movie, and Extraction is the th- number three movie, because people are going back and watching the first one again. I gotta check that out. Really good. And then there is a series that I watched on uh-huh. max because it's hbo max right it's called love and death right and it's the lead character is um ah shit olsen um is it wanda yes the pretty one yes she's the hot olsen um she's not the twins she's the older sister <laughs> is she really yeah she's english She's English. I the whole time I thought she was the older sister of the old Olsen twins. Am I wrong? Yeah, she's um she, uh she's English. Elizabeth Olsen. She's not related to the Olsen twins? No, I don't I mean She kinda looks like them. Okay. Okay, hold on. Yeah, we gotta Google this. This is This would be okay. Elizabeth Olsen wasn't sure she wanted to be known as Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen's younger sister. Oh, younger, not younger. Older. Okay, she's related. I knew she was related. Oh my <laughs> god, you were so right. I am so wrong. <laughs> she has an English accent. Like I've seen her on interviews and stuff. She's a good actress. <laughs> so okay, so yeah, this is interesting. Originally, because we talked 
Last week we were talking about the Scarlet Witch, right? Because in Wanda. Yes. The Scarlet Witch actress, she, Elizabeth Olsen, planned to go by Elizabeth Chase using her middle name instead of her last name and added that she changed her idea because it had to do with her own insecurities. I love her. Yeah. I really, I, I like I her do. as an actress. I like her as a person. I think she's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, but when I was looking into that, it, it kept saying on the episodes, and there's maybe like, I don't know, about eight-ish uh-huh. episodes. It kept saying, based on a true story, based on a true story. And you know how sometimes you're like, eh, okay. You know, you're just telling the story. So I was like, is Love and Death based on a true story? Really? It is. Revolving a church in uh-huh. Texas. And one wife has an affair with one of the men in the uh-huh. in the church. And basically, um, she ends up killing his wife. Oh, wait a minute. I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, that is the famous case. She got off. She did. Yeah. Yes. I know the case. I can't think of her name. It's based on, um, her name is Candy. Okay. Yep. What's the real story behind Love and Death? <laughs> but it was it was fantastic. Like, in the guy that she has an affair with, I can't think of his name, but, like, as a character. But uh-huh. um, you would recognize him if you saw him. The one, the one who plays the guy that she has an affair with. What's her last name? Candy what? Um, Montgomery or whatever? Montgomery. The one that you're talking about, I did not see. I saw the other one where um, Jessica Beale played the part. Really? I have, haven't seen that. Like two years ago. She was good. I mean, Jessica Beale's another great actress, but mm-hmm. I like... Elizabeth Olsen better, so I can't wait to see that. Okay. Oh no, yeah, it's a, it's, it's very, very, very good. Okay. And it happens pretty, like, as far as getting into the affair uh-huh. and it carrying on, it happens like really fast. And then uh, the last three episodes, I think, are like the trial uh-huh. and kind of what's leading into it. But it, it I, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. And it was funny because I think one of the biggest parts about that story uh-huh. is she claimed innocence. Like, she told her lawyer that she did it. And her lawyer was the only person that knew. Yeah. And it wasn't until either jury selection or opening remarks in the trial uh-huh. that he said he just told everybody, my client did it. But it was in self-defense. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's, what? A, that's a good crime chat. Yeah. Well, it, it, that's exactly what I thought. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's exactly what I thought. Yeah. So, what about you? Uh, so, I celebrated my birthday. Yay! Yay! Happy birthday! <laughs> Chatters, my partner got me my first Crime Chat calendar, which I'm very excited. I actually had, there's a couple stories in there I want to do now. Yeah. I also belong to a squad called the Suspicious Squad. Oh my God, I got all the cutest stuff. I got jewelry. I was just pampered. Thank you so much. Of course. I spent my birthday at a spa. Yay. For two days. I went and I spent the first day at Blue Aloe. I got um, a body wrap. Mm. Have you ever had a body wrap before? Nope. Okay. Not that kind. (laughs) I had a body wrap a long time ago in, like, Jamaica where they kind of wrapped you in, like, it was like a leaf and, like, gauze. But it was natural. You didn't feel constraint. Yeah. You know, you felt like it was just hugging you. You felt a hug. Mm -hmm. Well, this time I got this other wrap. And listen, I recommend it, but don't do it unless you're ready to be completely in a straitjacket for an hour. Oh, wow. So go pee first. Go pee first. Do you have any anxiety? (laughs) 
do not do it. Stay away from it. They wrapped me in like one of those, you know, those uh, metallic blankets. Mm-hmm. So they put me in that. It's supposed to drain out the toxins and make you sweat and all that. And when I tell you when they unwrapped me, I felt like a fucking baked potato. Oh, wow. That's how intense it was. But it was so worth it because I felt amazing afterwards. And then the next day I went over to Spa Alonzo, mm-hmm. which is in Sarasota. And that is a five star spa. And this treatment I got, I mean, it was just... Oh, oh, okay, cat. Oh, I forgot to tell you this. Fuck, I forgot to tell you this, and I, I, I literally saved it for tonight. Okay, statistician doing my facial, you know, telling her what I do, and then I was telling her about the podcast, mm-hmm. and she's like, "That's so interesting." She goes, "You know what?" She goes, "My ex-husband was Ted Bundy's lawyer." What? Yes, in Florida, the one in in Flo- when he went to trial in Florida from the beginning. Her ex-husband wrote the book. The Devil's Defense. Wow. And I'm like, are you kidding me? She's like, no, he, the minute he got caught, he was his attorney. Mm-hmm. Well, I was saying, because when he got caught, he got caught in Florida. Of course. So. In Florida. Because <laughs> that was the last, it was um the, the college girls that he killed. Yeah, he didn't, he wasn't an attorney in Florida, though. He worked, she said he was in Washington, D.C. Okay. When he started working with Ted. The minute we say we have a crime chat, what people say back to us is <laughs> it's crazy. It's like, that is, that is, that is crazy cool. Like, it's cool and it's crazy, but it's crazy cool. Yeah. And you could tell when she was telling me, she was like, should I be telling you this? Am I going to freak you out? But I think she felt comfortable because yeah. she knows, like, we're, we're freaking already. So it's like, yeah, no There isn't problem. much that faces us around here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I did that and my birthday month continues. So like I have yes, a whole bunch of shit plans. I went to a nice steakhouse. I have this weekend plans. I have so many amazing friends like between you guys and like, you know, people that I work with and wow. they're just amazing. So a very lucky Love person. you. Thank you, Happy thank you, thank you. birthday. I turned 37. I mean, how many times do you turn exactly. 37? Exactly. <laughs> that's actually a great number. It is a good number. 37. Mm-hmm. It's like you're mature, but young enough to have fun, and you don't feel your body's ailments just yet. Okay, you're old enough to know better, but you're young enough to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> old enough to know better, young enough to do it anyway. Take the risk. Exactly. So I'm not really too sure what your story is about, but I think somebody kills somebody. Mm-hmm, of course. Of course. Yeah. So. I'm going right back to murder. No more, of this, <laughs> no more of this light chat. No more squishy. No more squishy. Sorry. <laughs> the intro you wanted me to do for this week, you said to write uh, like about wills. Yes. Like your last will and testament. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, according to Encyclopedia Britannica, a will or a testament or a will and testament mm-hmm. is quote means by which an owner of property disposes his or her assets in the event of his or her death. Mm-hmm. There is only an oral will called a non-cupative will, valid only in certain jurisdictions or otherwise, but otherwise often upheld if it is to be considered a deathbed request, end quote. Mm. A will is valid if it meets formalities of the law, which usually, but not always, requires that it be witnessed. The advantage of having a will drawn out by an attorney arises from his knowledge of what the law requires. So it's just the benefit of having somebody who knows how your possessions are going to be distributed by law 
can kind of help you determine what you're going to do with it. Right. A, a holograph will, for example, which is usually unwitnessed, is an instrument wholly written in the handwriting of the signer, and it may be accepted as legally binding upon the law to carry out its disposition. Right. Barring the findings of anything that could render it invalid. It's like, it kind of, I guess it, I mean, kind of is like a deathbed testimony. Like That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do like one of those creepy uh, VHS <laughs> recordings and be like, play this and just like pop up and be like, listen. That was in that slasher, um, Flesh and Blood. Oh, really? Because like the, the, matri- or the patriarch dies and he's a billionaire and he has to, all of his... His children and grandchildren are there, and they have to fight to the death, but they have to follow his rules. And the video, he keeps popping back up in this video. (laughs) Uh, A will may be considered invalid if, among other circumstances, the testator, testicle, the testator (laughs) was mentally incapable of disposing of his or her property if the will imposed is imposed as unreasonable or cruel and demands a condition of the inheritance like you will get my full inheritance if this and that's what going back to the flesh and blood the slasher tv series like you had to play these games only one person can win right but the games are drawn out to be deadly i have to watch this yeah (laughs) yeah so there is death and greed involved because the greedy family members want his money so Uh do we need um do you have a a will yes you do yeah Mm -hmm. i have one that's like it i mean it it really doesn't matter how old it is Mm. but it's a little outdated it's like two houses ago right (laughs) it also may be considered invalid if the testator is i keep wanting like the testicles the testicles It also may be considered invalid if the testator did not have a clear title to the bequeathed assets. (laughs) Business partners often draw up what's called mutual wills involving the transfer of business upon the death of one of the partners. Mm. Do we need a mutual will? (laughs) (laughs) You're getting all the murder. (laughs) Um, So I found an article from the UK's The Guardian newspaper, and it listed some of the strangest wills of all time. Ooh, okay. It, some of them are crazy. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to list eight of them. There was a whole list of them. I'm, I'm, I just pulled out eight. So the first one is called Daily Rose. Comedian Jack Benny left a touching yet unusual request at his will that his wife Mary Livingstone receive a long-stemmed rose every day for the rest of her life. That was part of his will. That's sweet. That is, but is that in lieu of his inheritance? Like, that's how it's spent? No, no, oh, no. Okay. okay. <laughs> no, it was just written in his will that, that she will get a rose every day for the rest of her life. Jack Benny. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay. Number two, a donation to clear national debt. Oh. In 1928, a public-spirited donor made a half a million pound re- bequest to Britain's government and was very specific about how the money should be spent. It should only be passed on if it's enough to clear the entire national debt. So like you can only use it if it's going to clear the debt totally. Unfortunately, Britain's national debt is 1.5 trillion pounds. Even today, the donation would only be worth about 350 million pounds. So they can't touch the money. It's just sitting there. Wow. Uh, Number three, a boozy weekend. 67-year-old Roger Brown lost his life to prostate cancer in 2013, leaving behind a secret bequest of 3,500 pounds to seven of his closest friends and that they spend it on a boozy weekend in any European city. 
One of the friends of Roger put out a public statement apologizing to Roger's family for taking some of the inheritance, saying, quote, we spent most of it on beer and the rest we wasted, end quote. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Okay. Number four, the second best bed. William Shakespeare, upon his death, gifted his wife a bed that he called his second best bed, while the remaining of his estate went to his daughter, Susanna. One barrister commented, quote, and could almost certainly claim under inheritance the provision of Family Independence Act of 1975 that Williams will fail to make a reasonable financial provision for her and ask that a court award her more, end quote. So in today's standards, yeah. she could have yeah. gone back. But I did. I was like, I had no idea. William Shakespeare gave his wife a bed <laughs> when he died. Number five, $12 million to a dog. Yeah. In, <laughs> I can see us doing uh, yeah. that, but I don't have $12 million, so... <laughs> In 2004, billionaire Leona Hemsley left instructions for her $4 billion fortune to be spent caring for her dogs. Her nine-year-old Maltese named Trouble received $12 million. Her grandchildren were either cut from the will or ordered to visit their father's grave in order to actually inherit their share. A judge later cut Trouble's inheritance to only $2 million, although the dog did need to go into hiding amid death and kidnapping threats. So I have a crazy <laughs> crime chat link here. Yeah. So Leona Helmsley, I knew her, her nephew. Really? So Leona is everything you think she is. So like growing up, I rode horses all my life. So I was an equestrian and at my mm -hmm. stable, Leona knew the owner of the stable and the owner of the stable gave her nephew a job and he was very honest about it you see him now I mean, he's a public figure in new york like he is oh know, okay he, he does fundraising and stuff like that yeah but i'm not gonna say his name just google leona helmsley's nephew so he used to muck my horse's stall yeah 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 oh yeah I, I did that too the agreement was he was not allowed to work after high school she wanted him to shovel shit to earn his inheritance wow and she got him the job at the stable and that was the joke like to shovel shit to shovel shit and he did that wow. he did it for like two years he did it she had a mean streak i never even heard of her she owned the empire state building <laughs> oh okay mm -hmm. okay shows my i'm cultured <laughs> <laughs> she was besties with martha stewart oh yeah. martha <laughs> darling okay so number six flowers in sidmouth when a self-made millionaire, Keith Owen, was given a few weeks to live after being diagnosed with cancer, he decided to donate his entire 2.3 million pound fortune to his favorite holiday spot, Sidmouth in Devon. With a will stipulated, some of the money would be spent on, uh, 1 million pounds would be spent on flowering bulbs to keep the coastal town awash with color, like to keep it vibrant, like Aww. here's one million pounds to help it right. keep it vibrant and looking pretty. Mm -hmm. And it specifies that the capital should not be touched, but the interest, which would be about 125,000 pounds a year, mm. would be spent maintaining the town and two nearby villages. As of the date of the article, which was 2015, the town had not yet planted any of the bulbs, saying that it would take a few more years. Now, Sidmouth is gorgeous. I did had to, to look up the pictures right, of it. Right, It sits on the English Channel in southwest England, and it boasts a traditional English, like, seaside resort with this, like, elegant architecture and just, like, a genteel atmosphere. Right. It's, it's gorgeous. I'd go there. It sounds nice. So, yeah. It did have flowers in, in some of the pictures, but I don't know if it actually, if, as of 2015, I mean, that's six years ago. Right. So, well, no, eight years ago. I can math. <laughs> Number seven, a new husband. Oh. 
Some people take the opportunity to use the will as a last chance to insult their life partner uh-huh. one more time. German poet Henry Hein left his estate to his wife, Matilda, in 1856 on the condition that she remarry so there will be, quote, at least one man to regret my death, end quote. The same barrister who commented on um, the William Shakespeare said that his will, saying that today Matilda could get rid of the condition by disclaiming Henry's gift, but because Henry left no children, Matilda would actually, under a law that's been in um, in England since October 2014, right. she would actually inherit his whole estate. Yeah. And, and that would be unconditional. Like, she wouldn't have to marry somebody. But back then, like I said, it was mid-1800s. Mm-hmm. Aquatafana. And that- Little Aquatafana. <laughs> yeah, Aquatafana. Uh, And then number eight, a legacy of bitterness. Michigan millionaire Wellington Burt died in 1919, and his will disclosed his fortune would not be passed on until 21 years after the death of his last surviving grandchild. She died in 1989, and the 21-year countdown ended in November of 2010. About 12 people discovered that they're beneficiaries of this legacy of bitterness mm-hmm. will yeah and they shared a fortune which was about 110 million dollars wow that's fucked up right that is wow <laughs> oh shit so that's just some of the um extremes some people take you know good bad and indifferent yeah in including it in their will do you have any crazy ideas or anything like crazy in your will i would definitely include a pet in my will yeah and i would definitely do the creepy vhs <laughs> to those seeing this yes to those seeing to those this. surviving i'm dead if you're seeing this <laughs> i don't know what about you um just but being in the military like when you would deploy and stuff mm. you didn't it wasn't mandated you have a will but it was like one of those like highly encouraged things that you would have a will and I mean, it would just make sense anyways if something you right. know were to happen. But I don't. I think it was just all traditional stuff. Like we didn't have. There's nothing that's like weird. Like obviously, like my, my kids get a certain amount. You know, right. my well, my husband gets everything, and then there's a, right. a certain amount that would go to my children. But I mean, all these millions and billions and of I dollars know. and pounds. Pff, sorry, kids. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Mom's not worth much. <laughs> Stop it. Some people are worth more alive than dead. Some people are worth more dead than alive. It is what it, it is. It is what it is. It was <laughs> yeah. funny when I, when I went in to have my surgery that they asked, do you have a will? And I said, yes. And they said, do you have yeah. a living will? And I was like, yes, I do. Do you? I do. I have a living will. Okay, good. Yeah. And when my husband went in for his surgery, he's like, what is, he's like, what do you say if they come out and say that I'm unresponsive? I'm like, give it a good go. <laughs> he's like don't let him unplug me (laughs) i was like i don't know i had that conversation one time with my ex just joking around with his friends and about a dnr yeah yeah yeah. the friend looked at me and said well what would you do and he chimes back with like if i get a splinter she would be like he didn't want to live that way (laughs) (laughs) put him down put him down put him down <laughs> oh my husband it was like he was like and what you know what do i do with the dnr and i was like right. you know give it i don't want you to live that way he's like resuscitate resuscitate <laughs> <laughs> I'm like okay of course of course 
Yeah. Okay. So thank you for that intro. That was good. Oh my God. There's a lot of juicy things you can do with the will. Crazy. Today's case is actually a current case that's going on. It's in the news. And it's like really current, like really super current, like within the last six months. Yeah. It is the case of Eric Richens. Have you ever heard of it? No. But maybe. Yeah. Like once you get into it, the name doesn't ring a bell. Not like the bell on our subscriptions. Gotta ring that bell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so today's crime chat is loaded with information you know or some details you don't. I will mm-hmm. be updating the chatters while this case unfolds. So if anything else happens, I'll make sure to add it, you know, in the beginning of the crime chat if there's okay. any updates. Oh, yeah. Everything I'm going to go over is basically in the public. Uh, so you can do your own research and let us know your opinion on what you think happens. But everything is basically alleged. Uh, until conviction. Right. Let's get into who Eric Richens is before okay. we get into the crime. Okay. Eric Eugene Richens was born May 13th, 1982 in Bountiful, Utah. It's beautiful, Utah. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) He was the oldest of three children. He had two sisters, Katie and Amy. As a child, Eric spent a lot of time with his dad. Family would say that he was caring and friendly as a kid. And for more than 100 years, the Richens family owned this massive cattle ranch and farm in Utah. Mm. Must have been a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Must a have, beautiful. <laughs> it must have been a beautiful uh, childhood. Beautiful. It must have been a beautiful childhood. Yeah. So the family is one of the oldest and largest in the area, and the heritage comes with a sizable bank account. Of course, yes. Eric learned how to manage the ranch, take care of the horses and cows. He spent his time mending fences and hauling hay, you know, like real good work that Leona Helmsley put her nephew Mm -hmm. through. Yes. People would say that the family was very close and his two sisters loved and protected him growing up. Eric was naturally athletic. He liked basketball, baseball, and soccer, and he was known as a master hunter. Mm -hmm. So he he sounds adorable. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Everybody who knew him said he was the sweetest guy. He received a bachelor's degree at the University of Utah and then served a, like a two-year term for a church mission in Mexico okay. City. This is where he learned to speak fluent Spanish. So he was a smart cookie and he also became an entrepreneur. Mm. Like, you know, he knew how to make money. He knew how to work hard. He started his own masonry business and called it CNC Stone Masonry. And he had a partner who was also a close friend and his name was Cody Wright. Okay. Okay, so Cody and Eric. Mm -hmm. Eric got married to his first wife in 2005, and this woman, her name is Julie Jordanson. The marriage ended up not working out, Mm -hmm. and and Eric and Julie got divorced. Uh, Unfortunately, his ex-wife passed away from a car accident in 2011. Oh, okay. At this point, Eric is, like, open for love. He's Mm -hmm. got a lot to offer, and he met a woman named Corey. Mm. Corey Darton was born April 20th, 1990. Not many details are coming out about her early life. What we do know is that she was raised by two parents. She was well-educated and she had a bachelorette in healthcare administration. Okay. She worked for a short time at the Park Street Hospital and then the Enhanced Patient Service Clinic. And then was like a trainee at the Park City Medical Center. Okay. Corey and Eric 
Mets, and then they just had, like, this whirlwind love affair. Mm -hmm. It seems like they fell in love really, really quickly, Mm -hmm. and they were head over heels, and he proposed to her, and on June 15th, 2013, they tied the knot. Oh, wow. Almost, well, about 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, Corey got into real estate while they were dating, Mm -hmm. and I think with his lifestyle, she felt more confident with doing things. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know what? I can make an investment, and she started flipping houses. Okay. And he was also, like, a contributor. Like, he would be her investor yeah you know did he work on any of the houses at all he did yeah i think in Corey's mind like she was planning to have like this power couple um gains what's her name yeah oh joanna gains joanna gains i think she wanted to be something like that his company was booming at this point he was doing really well mm-hmm. everything seemed to be great mm-hmm. but allegedly at the wedding eric's family presented Corey a prenup Now, it is a bit confusing to me because remember, this is an open investigation. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Now, I am Mm -hmm. familiar with prenups in other states, but I had to like research Mm -hmm. Utah a little bit because it's different for every state. Uh In Utah, there's no real specific requirement that mandates a prenuptial agreement to be signed a certain amount of days or weeks before the wedding. So like generally in other states... They'd say, like, you need to sign it three days before, and the person that is signing it needs to have some type of legal advice or something. Mm-hmm. Normally, they, they really try to avoid people signing it the day of the wedding. Okay. Because you're surrounded around 100 family members. You want to have a good time. Yeah. And if you put something in front of somebody like that, they're going to do it because they want to still have a good time. It's a wedding. Money is spent. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, but, like, up north where I where I came from, my girlfriend spent a hundred grand on her wedding. Oh my lord! Yeah, it's no. it's like prenuptial should be taken very seriously, and both parties need to be represented. Mm-hmm. Rushing to sign a prenuptial in the process could potentially raise concerns about the lack of voluntary consent, mm-hmm. which could impact the enforceability of the agreement later on. Mm-hmm. A lot of people with money will not make this mistake. Now, the alleged signing of it the same day as the wedding, which was June 15th, 2013, can be a problem for the court. Mm -hmm. So, but then again, I can't see the family making that type of mistake either. Mm -hmm. And we're finding this stuff out as we go along. Okay. I don't know the finance history of the family but i'm assuming they weren't struggling Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the way that the prenup was worded was that whatever the two of them had before the marriage and during the marriage that they were if they were to divorce that they would both take what they earned okay which is fair yeah fine yeah Corey and eric were married for nine years and had three sons Mm -hmm. carter Mm -hmm. ashton and weston who are nine seven and five years old he loved his three boys. He enjoyed mm. traveling with them. They went on family vacations. He took them to work. Yeah. He would take them to the cattle ranch. He would hang out with his parents and his family. It just, it was just a real perfect setup to raise a kid. Yeah. But on March 4th, 2022, Eric was found deceased at the foot of his bed. Mm. Corey said that Eric was relaxing in the bedroom and she made him a drink called a Moscow Mule. Have you ever had one of those? Mm-hmm. Oh, so delicious. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> and then she brought it to him while he was in the, the master bedroom relaxing. Mm-hmm. After she brought in the Moscow mule, she went and checked on her kids. And apparently mm-hmm. one of her children has like trouble falling asleep. They either have night terrors or night, she said nightmares. Mm-hmm. So she ended up spending time on the bed with the baby to make sure that he fell asleep. And then she fell asleep as well. So she didn't wake up until mm-hmm. a couple hours later. 
She went to the master bedroom and then she said he was unconscious, like he was already deceased. Hmm. Corey said that when she saw him, she immediately called 911. This was about 3 a.m. She also called Eric's family and when they found out what happened to Eric, Mm -hmm. they went to investigators and they were like, you need to check on her. Like, we don't trust her. You need to investigate her. Wow, there must have been something going on. Plus also the shock of your your son and your brother all of a sudden being dead. You're going to look at the closest people to them. Of course. I mean, that's natural for an investigation anyways, especially if it's, you know, considered an unattended death. Yeah. Then you'll always look at the closest circle. Start there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. About a year after he died, on March 5th, 2023, Corey Richens released her book, a children's book oh. called Are You With Me? She was hoping to help her three boys process the loss of their father and help them be like comforted by like the knowledge that their dad is around Mm -hmm. almost like a a guardian angel Mm -hmm. she went on tv shows and you know promoting the book Mm -hmm. Uh, she did like this local tour in utah so she was on all the tv screens everybody knew her her book was doing really well it was sold on amazon Mm -hmm. but unfortunately the same month is when the death certificate was released and the autopsy and the toxicology report determined that Eric, mm-hmm. 39, had five times the lethal dosage of fentanyl in mm. his system. Yeah. The drug was not a medical grade, and we're going to get into that. Oh, it's a street one. Or synthetic. Mm-hmm. So the medical examiner concluded the fentanyl had been ingested orally. Oh, it wasn't a Moscow mule. It was a fentanyl mule. Yeah. <laughs> Fentanyl is a synthetic opioid that is up to 50 times stronger than heroin Mm -hmm. and 100 times stronger than morphine. Mm -hmm. It is a major contributor to fatal and non-fatal overdoses in the U.S. There are two types of fentanyl, pharmaceutical fentanyl and illicitly Mm -hmm. manufactured fentanyl. Both are considered synthetic opioids. The pharmaceutical Mm -hmm. fentanyl is prescribed by doctors to treat severe pain, especially after surgery Mm -hmm. or like advanced stages of cancer. I had some fentanyl. How did it make you feel? I was zonked. Yeah. Like, so they actually gave it to me um, and my husband when he went in for his as a way to relax before surgery because there's a lot of people obviously get have like anxiety, getting ready to go in and everything. Right. And after they put it in my IV, I was still in like the pre-op room Mm -hmm. or like the the, guest room or whatever. You know, my husband was still with me before they took me back. Right. I don't remember leaving that room. Like, I don't even, my, I yeah. was like, did you even kiss me before <laughs> I went into surgery? And he's like, of course I kissed you. And I was like, I don't remember. It's a serious fucking drug. I hate it. I don't like it. <laughs> and that was controlled pharmaceutical fentanyl. <laughs> yeah. And it's very addictive. So you have to like be careful. Now, most cases of fentanyl related overdoses are linked to the illicitly manufactured fentanyl, which is mm-hmm. distributed through illegal drug markets mm-hmm. for its heroin-like effect. Mm-hmm. It is often added to other drugs because of the extreme potency. And it's probably one of the most powerful and more addictive and most dangerous drugs uh, on the market today. Yes. Even touching it with your bare hand. Yes. You can, it, it gets absorbed into your skin and in police officers yes. or even just people in general have gone out like, but police officers that we know when I was still as an investigator, um, they would tell us about all these, you know, cases and stuff. They would go out to crime scene and, and do a search and, you know, start to collect evidence on drugs and everything like that. Not that you would want to touch it. You wouldn't normally touch it anyways. Usually they wear latex gloves, but incidentally, if you were to touch it, 
mm-hmm. in your hand and it would be absorbed into your skin. So many people have died yeah. just by touching it and not even ingesting it or, you know, taking it orally. Scary stuff. Very. So illicitly manufactured fentanyl, which is also IMF, is mm-hmm. available on the drug market in different forms, which is which includes liquid and powder. Mm-hmm. Over 150 people die every day from overdoses related to synthetic opioids like fentanyl. So far in the investigation, police asked her about her phone. Like, you know, okay, so tell me about the night. Like, she was with her her son, but they were like, all right, well, where was your phone? Where was your personal belongings? And she said that she left her phone Mm -hmm. in the bedroom that night. And was she sleeping with them in their bed? Yes. In his room? Okay. She was in one of her son's rooms. Rooms But she left her phone in the master bedroom with her husband. Mm -hmm. And the police ended up finding out after they pulled, like, the phone record that um, the phone itself, the data, showed that the phone was actually unlocked a couple of times. And then it showed movement on the phone. And it also had several messages that were received and deleted during this time. Yes, criminals, police can recover that. I don't get it. Like, do you not think you're going to get caught? Like, come on. Right. Now, this is an ongoing case, so everything is alleged. But the court documents Mm -hmm. reveal a secret life of insurance policies and stolen money. Oh, snap. The court hired a private investigator to dig into the death. And they ended Mm -hmm. up amending the court document, which was filed on May 18th. That led to, like, the postponement of the detention hearing originally scheduled for May 19th. So they're like, we can't do this yet. There's too much... We're covering too much shit. So they had to postpone. We can't rush it. We can't rush it. It reveals a damning timeline of accusations from the investigators. The following timeline is provided by NBC News. So between 2015 and 2017, Courtney is accused of purchasing at least four life insurance policies on her husband, totaling $2 million. And she and he didn't know. He did not know. Can you do that? Did we talk about that before? Can you do that? The way it works is if as long as you're married, you can. There, You can. Some states you can. It, when you're not mm-hmm. married, if you like are in a domestic partnership, you can't. Okay. It really depends on the state that you live in. Uh, apparently in Utah... You can. Okay. I'm just, and I'm just familiar with like the SGLI as far as life insurance Mm. and how that goes. It's automatic. Life insurance, like in the military, like you, Mm -hmm. you have to, it's automatic where you get the life insurance. You have to actually decline it. And then if you decline it or change it or change the beneficiary. Right. Like if I were to change for my life insurance, like let's say I'm, I changed it to where my husband now gets 50% and my kids get 25 and 25. Mm -hmm. A letter goes to him notifying him of that. Like if it changes or anything like that. Yeah. So that's the only thing I'm like really familiar with. So like commercial law, like life insurance. I'm not sure how that goes. It's funny though. We were just talking the other day. I was like, after my husband retires, I was like, I think we need to increase our life insurance. And he looked at me like... (laughs) And I was like, no, 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 no. Because <laughs> where we plan on moving, it's much more expensive. Right. And the amount of life insurance that we have now would not be enough for either one of us to, like, cover, like, a house. Pay- you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it would just be smart based on life circumstances changing mm-hmm. to increase it to a level that, of affordability. Like, And you also have to, to- prepare that you're going to be older and you're not going to be right. working the way you used to. If, if yeah. you have one less income, like, that person, each of you have to understand that, like, Mm-hmm. You really, truly need to prepare the other person to survive till 90, 100 years old without right. starting over again. Right. So, okay. So, September 2020, 
Eric discovered that his wife allegedly obtained and spent $250,000 of a home equity line of credit on their home and had withdrawn at least $100,000 from his bank accounts. Plus, she racked up $30,000 using credit cards. What is she buying? Stuff for her business. She's flipping homes. Oh, well, I mean, that would be expensive. Of course it's expensive, but I guess she (laughs) thought that, like, he was her main investor and she could just do whatever the fuck that she wanted. Oh, okay, okay. This is according to the amended court document. It is Mm -hmm. also alleged that um, Courtney was uh, appropriating distributions made from Eric's business for the purpose of making federal and state quarterly tax payments, but did not pay taxes. Oh, so she was taking the allotted amount to go to taxes, but wasn't actually paying them. So the stolen tax payments totaled at least Mm $104,000. The court document stated that Eric confronted her about the money and that she agreed to pay him back. So Mm -hmm. this was... A troubled marriage. Mm-hmm. In October 2020, Eric consulted both a divorce attorney and an estate planner without telling Corey. Mm. He changed his will mm. and formed a living trust mm. and placed his entire estate under the control of his sister, Katie. Mm. He was preparing to leave. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He also transferred his partnership interest in his business to his trust. So his sister was in control of everything. Like she okay. couldn't touch anything okay now on january 1st 2022 eric and his business partner had two million dollars worth of life insurance policies that listed each other as the beneficiary Mm -hmm. the prosecutor alleged that on january 1st 2022 Corey actually went in online and changed the policy and put herself as a beneficiary and guess what happened exactly what you said before where the company notified the person being removed yeah they knew what she did okay the the partner knows the husband knows the family knows Mm -hmm. her husband was alerted and you know he ended up making the necessary changes to put the partner back on Mm -hmm. later this month she allegedly filed for a new hundred thousand dollar life insurance policy on eric's life Mm. february 12 2022 Corey either called or texted someone named Named CL and asked them for fentanyl. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Data from her phone showed that she contacted CL several times in January, but authorities weren't able to determine the content of the messages because she was deleting them as she went along. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But this was like shortly after Eric's death, like when they started mm-hmm. having this bulk of information come out. And once again, everything is alleged, everything is coming out. Right now. Mm -hmm. CL told authorities that she obtained the fentanyl pills and gave them on February 11th or February 12th. She's like not sure, but you know what? Okay. She's a drug dealer. Mm. On February 14th, Valentine's Day. Yeah. A meal turned into a nightmare when Eric (laughs) broke out into hives and had trouble breathing after eating a sandwich his wife lovingly made for him. (laughs) Aquatavana. Prosecutors alleged in the document that Corey made her husband a sandwich and placed it on the seat of the truck with a love note. She's Mm -hmm. sadistic. That's pretty sick. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Okay. The document stated that Eric believed he had been poisoned. Like he knew. Mm -hmm. And then he Mm -hmm. told his sister and his friends that I think my wife is trying to poison me. In late February 2022, Corey allegedly contacted CL and said that the Mm -hmm. fentanyl pills were not strong enough. And she asked to procure something stronger. CL told authorities that Corey asked him for some of that Michael Jackson stuff. (laughs) 
<laughs> I hope he's charged, or he or she. Well, they're, I mean, it's possible, but they could also be offered immunity for testimony during trial. True. Details about the night differ in the search warrant and the affidavit, I think, because of probate court and also, like, the investigation happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey told authorities that she and her husband were celebrating closing on a house for their business. Right. Corey wanted to buy a ranch and redo it. It was about a million dollars, maybe more. It was a huge mansion, mm-hmm. and it was on this big plot of land, but it wasn't finished. Like, it wasn't, she could put her touches on it. She wanted to redo it and sell it for a lot of mm-hmm. money. Eric did didn't want this like he didn't mm-hmm. even like this idea of spending this amount of money on one project and also he had concerns about his wife he's like i don't know if i want to get into like a business deal like that with you right now right and eric wasn't stupid right. and he ended up calling his sister and saying to her like something's going on something shady i i don't feel safe in my mm-hmm. home or with my mm-hmm. wife and you know if something should happen to me please like you know like i think it's her and that's why like whenever the family found out that he had passed away. They're like, look at her. Yeah. Because Eric had been expressing, you know, his concerns to his family about it, about the situation. Yeah. Yeah. This was a full-fledged investigation at this point. Mm-hmm. Investigators discovered that Corey actually contacted a friend several times asking if she can get prescription medication for pain for her investor that had some back injury. Mm-hmm. The day after Eric's death, Corey ended up closing on this mansion. Oh, wow. The day... After he died, she closed on the deal. Wow. And guess what she did next? Mm. She threw a big-ass party at this house celebrating the closing. Wow. That's shady. But yet she wrote a book for her children to be able to cope with the fact that they've lost their father, you murderous Mm -hmm. bitch. Allegedly. Allegedly. So now during the party, one of uh, Eric's sisters showed up to the party and and confronted her. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Who said you can close on this place? Yes. And she had a bunch of people there. But allegedly, Mm -hmm. Corey assaulted Eric's sister at the party. Okay. Like a fight broke out. And you know what? Cat fight. uh, Yeah, a cat fight. If I was Eric's sister, I'd beat her ass. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I'd, I'd, I'd be arrested that night. Yeah. At least I'd, I'd beat her ass. I wouldn't kill her, but she'd be hurting, mm-hmm. allegedly. <laughs> so on May 8th of this year, 2023, Corey was officially arrested and charged for first-degree murder and three counts of second-degree possession of controlled mm. substance with the intent to distribute. Gotta throw those extra charges in there. Yeah. Right around my birthday on June 13th, the judge denied the pretrial release of Corey. Good. In the judge's decision, he denied her bail because all these new details were coming out. Mm -hmm. Smart move on the judge's part. Eric's sister, Amy, also made a victim impact statement at the hearing saying that Eric died under horrendous circumstances. I am tormented at the thought of what he endured. I play it out in my head. I go through the terrible sequence of events. I wonder when he realized he was in mortal danger. Mm -hmm. I wonder what Corey may have said to him in his last moments. Mm. She continued saying, we have watched as Corey had paraded around portraying herself as a grieving widow Mm. for about a year now. Mm -hmm. The court will reconvene on June 22nd, which is coming up. Yeah. Yeah. To determine the preliminary hearing. So I am heartbroken for this family. I am heartbroken for the three mm. three young boys and this poor family. There's no winners here. Yeah. Just get a divorce, people. I know. I know. Just get divorced. If you- What do you think of Corey? <sighs> do you think she's guilty? Uh, yes. So you think... <laughs> uh, yeah. You want to think about it? Yeah. You want to think about it? For- no. Okay. No. <laughs> Beyond a reasonable doubt. Guilty. 
I don't believe anybody else Mm. would have put had the Mm. opportunity, motive, and ability to match the method of death in which he was killed. Yeah. Um, The only thing I can see is if he did it himself, which is highly doubtful because that goes contrary to her conversations with this drug dealer and right that's i mean that yes can be all circumstantial the physical evidence it would be hard to prove a lot of it would be just the circumstantial evidence and then relying on that testimony i would say i would i it would be worth giving immunity to the drug dealer yeah to testify now what if now just once again playing devil's advocate if it was a suicide and he asked her mm-hmm. to get these drugs what if she's just not coming clean about that him asking her like i you know what like just just for because anything can happen and i could see that coming out in her defense to be honest he asked me to get it for him mm. we were in financial whatever but you also have the family testifying that eric is like i think she tried to poison me yeah this is what happened I'm afraid she's made this, she's doing this, she's doing that. Right. The fact that he spoke to people who are essentially speaking for him now that he's passed Mm -hmm. is is crucial because, I mean, yeah, you can go on the stand and get caught perjuring yourself. Obviously, that's the second thing. And I like to think the people who take the stand tell the truth, but I don't know. Yeah. Like, I could just, I could see it. Was it beyond a reasonable doubt? I don't know. There's definitely propensity of evidence and mm-hmm. propensity of the circumstances where it's over that 50%. Yeah. Beyond a reasonable doubt. I mean, that's she's going to get judged by 12. So, and it would be, it would benefit her to pick a jury instead of judge alone in the trial as well. Yeah. I, I will fill you in while it yes. unfolds. But yeah, I had to do this because I, I am following this case at, when it come, when the information comes out. And I'm like, you know what? We've never done. Like, I don't. Th- well, we have done. We have done some real time mm-hmm. cases. Like you did one mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the New Year's Eve crime one. And actually, I need to look and see what the outcome was. We got it. We'll do updates next time. <gasps> we'll do updates. Yeah, we'll do updates on those cases. So that's, that's my story. <gasps> Guilty. Guilty. Because we don't want to leave you hanging, chatters, for more information on this case, please check out After That Crime Chat. Yes, and don't forget to follow us, Crime Chat with Nat Cat, on all your socials. Like, subscribe, and get those notification dings. Yep. Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, see what we got coming up. Yes, and remember, Crime Chat with Nat and Cat, when you become a chatter on our Patreon, you will have full access to bonus episodes, behind the scenes, bloopers, and free merch. Check out some merch in the works. Join our Patreon and become a chatter. VIP chatter. VIP. Get some goodies for it. Uh And be sure to check out our next episode. We've got another Crime and Cosmetics coming up. Yay! I can't wait. I can't wait. Don't forget, we do skip the first Saturday of the month to get our stories ready, prepared for these dark minds, dark crimes, evil minds, and occasionally the unknown. So you don't want to miss it. Yes. We'll see you next time, chatters. Bye. Bye.